It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. WROL, the Spirit of Boston. We are broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph, where there's a little bit of snow coming down outside. And uh, this is, uh, I, I don't know how many years in a row we've been here. And I think we skipped one one year. And uh, it's always, always, always good to be here, see what's new, see how things are going, see what the latest technology is. I know I've been here oh, for a few minutes just setting things up this morning and noticed that. Uh, it's remote car starter, remote car starter, remote car starter. I think they have uh, a bunch of them scheduled for today. In fact, uh, I was here about quarter of eight, and sure enough, somebody walked in and said they wanted to buy a remote car starter. So it is the popular place to be right now. And if you're on Facebook and you follow me on Facebook, uh, we are uh, also on Facebook Live, not the WROL Facebook Live, but my own Facebook Live page. And... Um, well, we'll spin. I know there's a few people watching. In fact, uh, Dennis was watching. Uh, Scott Gonzo Weaver from uh, he's our buddy from the Midwest who had opened up a who had an automotive electronics uh, specialty shop. Ran it for a lot of years. Just recently sold the shop. Still does a lot of training and still also uh, does a lot of writing for various trade publications and. We need to talk to him at one point because he, like a lot of people of a certain age, that would be me included, uh, woke up one day and didn't feel that well and had a little bit of a heart problem. So you need to take care of yourself at the same time. So we're going to talk. Maybe we'll talk to him at some point about that as well. Uh, so we have a lot of things going on today. We also have a car review coming up, uh, which is the Nissan Rogue, uh, the Rogue Sport to be specific. Uh, then we will also be playing a little trivia. I know nothing like playing trivia when we're not in the studio. That who knows, who knows what uh, Dennis is going to think of that. Dennis, what are you going to think of that? You know, I really just heard of it with you, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then also we have uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, but uh, the new program that uh, runs on our sister station on uh, the uh, Business Buzz, and uh, we'll talk about that. The it's sort of a hockey slash uh, substance abuse program. I heard the guys from Sunset, Sunset Sports talking about it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So we have a lot of good things going on for the holiday season. So lots of things. Uh, we want to still talk to you. Test out our phones here at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And phone lines are open if you want to call in. No guests this morning except for our listeners. And, of course, we'll talk to Dave here at Auto Toys at some point to see what's new here and see what kind of stuff is going on uh, here and see what the latest technology and some of the latest technology challenges that uh, can be faced with some of these new cars. So let's see. Scott responded back. He writes for Import Undercar Service. Uh, I lost it. But he writes for a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, it's, it's amazing. Facebook Live is interesting because unlike radio where you don't know who's listening, uh, Paul Upton, our buddy from uh, from a little north of Boston, is listening. Uh, Scott again is listening. Uh, Captain Keith Gatazzi is listening. 
So all kinds of people listening and watching, and always good, always good to see that. Well, and me, and I'm looking at myself on Facebook, which is a scary thing because Facebook Live, you know, it's a camera that's up and it's sort of pointing at me. And I should probably do a little, you know, shot around the shop to see what it looks like here, see what their store looks like. But um, I was at Dunkin' Donuts this morning, getting my uh, tea. I've switched from coffee to tea. I think it's made me a, a calmer person, maybe. Um, but I noticed when I got my coffee and had my two dollars and whatever thirty-five cents out, the person behind the counter said, uh, "Oh, it's two dollars." And I looked down and it was a senior discount applied. And I'm kind of blaming it somewhat on um, Craig Fitzgerald. Craig Fitzgerald, uh, I write do a little writing for him for Best Ride, uh, the digital publication. And um, I had some tip about how to find a, a wind leak in your car using, of all things, a, uh, a leaf blower. And he said, uh, and he, and he put a picture of Hank Hill from, uh, well, if you watch kind of the adult cartoon stuff, you know, you know, King of the Hill, and uh, had some reference to me. So either I'm getting old, it's his fault. I don't know what the story is, but it could be a combination of both things. So. So uh, a little bit of live radio, both on Facebook and uh, and on the radio. So give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Uh, well, a couple years ago, the New England Motor Press Association gave an award to Ed Welburn. He was the um, design chief for General Motors. And just recently, uh, he was awarded an, an, uh, the same type of award again. But we were a couple years ahead of the curve. In fact, he's the sixth only design chief for General Motors. And speaking of Craig Fitzgerald, he had a great line. He said that uh, there has been more people on the moon than there has been designing cars at General Motors. And, you know, some of the design executives include uh, Chris Bangle, uh, Bertoni, uh, Wayne Cherry, Walter DeSilver, Willie uh, Davidson, um, you know, there's Bob Lutz is one of them, Sid Mead, uh, people that I don't know, uh, Sergio Pinaferina. Uh, so there's been a few people that have joined this group, but it was interesting that we were sort of way above the curve on this as far as presenting the award to Ed Welburn. And the award was presented to Ed, uh, will be presented to Ed next June during the annual Eyes on Design weekend which culminate in the annual automotive design exhibition held every Father's Day at the lakefront grounds of the Eleanor and uh, Edsel Ford House in Gross Point Shores outside of Detroit. Welburn, who has been described as the man who brought beauty back to GM, was just the sixth head of design for General Motors. He was also the first to lead design on a global level, placing him in the same company as design legends uh, Harley Earl and Bill Mitchell. Uh, Ed Welburn was not the first African-American design chief, but only the sixth man to head the uh, design for uh, General Motors during his 44-year career, Welburn oversaw many designs, including those for Corvette, Cadillac, Escalade, and received uh, Chevrolet Camaro along with such uh, concept cars as the Oldsmobile Aerotech and the Buick Avista. Welburn decided early on in a career in automotive design was for him sketching cars as a young child and writing his first letter to GM when he was 11. The company responded and followed their recommendations studying design, sculpture, and painting at Howard University School of Fine Arts, which led to a college internship with GM in 1971. I remember watching that uh, Jay Leno show, and um, they uh, they had him on. 
And it's kind of interesting. Again, back to uh, back to Facebook Live. Uh, Paul Corcoran, who is a former police officer, writes, "Good morning." Honda is on the news this morning regarding airbags again. They actually have a team in New Jersey searching for unrepaired 0103 Hondas. A technician replaced the airbag whenever they find one of these cars. Yeah, and the reason behind that is because the earliest airbags in those Honda models have a 50% chance of causing serious injury, unlike a lot of the airbags that have been recalled. And we'll get to the number of airbag recalls in a minute. But along with a lot of them, the percentage of actually doing physical damage is actually pretty low, except in these original Hondas where uh, there's about, I think it's a 50%, so a 50-50 chance that if you have one of these old Hondas and it still has the original airbag in it, and if you get into a crash and the airbag deploys, you have a 50-50 chance of that airbag dislodging and those pieces of plastic and metal or the airbag just taking off from its perch completely and injuring you. So you, um, you, know, you, have, to be, you have to be very careful with those cars. So Honda has actually hired private investigators to try to find the owners of these cars and get them repaired. Uh, that's how serious they are about them. I know I put something in both my column in the Providence Journal and the Boston Globe, and we also put it on AAA's Facebook and Twitter pages to just try to remind people that have these cars that they need to get them fixed because it is a it is a very, very serious issue, and uh, you could easily be hurt with, with one of these airbag systems. So if you own an 01 to 03 Honda and you haven't had the airbag repaired or replaced actually uh, you need to do that and i know some people are concerned about takata file bankruptcy well a new company has bought the business and the the idea if you they don't have certain parts available yet they will have them the new company is going to take care of it so it's not a honda issue so it's an actual issue with the uh, with uh, the manufacturer and they're going to get those taken care of our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. And thanks, Paul Corcoran, for that. Uh, good guy. He, uh, uh, I knew him from, or know him, I guess, still know him from the uh, Massachusetts Safety Officers League, which um, meets monthly. Unfortunately, I don't get to go to the meetings very often, but they meet monthly, and uh, they, uh, it's a bunch of police officers dedicated to. Uh, traffic safety issues throughout the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And one of the first places I ever met um, a lot of these folks was in Weymouth. A uh, former police officer in Weymouth is um, is uh, Bob Barry, and Bob Barry uh, uh, connected me somewhat with, um, with a couple of different people to allow me to do my job a little bit better. And one of the people I... I have worked with in the past is a woman by the name of Betsy Harris over in Weymouth. And she she's not from the Weymouth area originally. She came here. She got very involved with the police department and the schools. And I'm sure a part of her and uh, her doing here is Weymouth Public Schools is doing something called the Weymouth Market. And it's the first Wednesday of every month at the Chapman Middle School. And between 3.30 and 5.30, if you need it, you can get some free food. And what a great idea because 
uh, it's not just sort of the spirit of the season, but they need you to register, so you need to go online and register. And I'm sure you can Google Weymouth Market, Weymouth Public Schools, and come up with the email address. But all they ask you to do is bring a reusable grocery bag every each time you attend and just uh, register one time so they know who you are. All Weymouth uh, residents are welcome to receive free, fresh food from the Weymouth Market. And uh, this is done. They have some sponsors that are helping them out, and it's through the Greater Boston Food Bank. And, you know, people people always say, you know, what would you do if you ever win the lottery? Well, first off, I'd have to play. But I was um, at one of the Votech schools. I think it was um, Blackstone Valley Votech. And we were talking about, just school activities and how teachers, you know, how they get training and all of that sort of thing. And one of the interesting things that came up about it was that at that school, they don't do half-day professional development lessons for the instructors anymore or for the teachers anymore because there is a – they were saying there's probably a dozen or so kids – in that school that are essentially homeless and if they don't eat at school they don't eat and you think about that you know here where we are today in the world that we live in and people in our own neighborhoods uh, need food in their pantries and need food in themselves and the idea that Weymouth Public Schools is doing that just uh, good for them and nice to hear and uh, always like always like hearing good stuff like that our phone number again 617-770-3030 617 770 3030, and uh, you can you can call in and join us and talk to us about all kinds of different things, whatever it is about your car. We have everything up and running, I believe, here, and uh, we should be able to take your calls without any problem. Uh, well, Ford is uh, going autonomous vehicles like everyone else is. Ford plans to ship production of electric vehicles from suburban Detroit plant to a factory in Mexico, a top company official said. That move will make room for the Flat Rock Assembly Plant to uh, launch a new line of driverless vehicles to be used for ride-sharing and delivery fleets. The move could create some political headaches for the second-largest Detroit Big Three automaker. During his campaign at the White House, then-candidate Donald Trump repeatedly bashed Ford's plan to move car production from Michigan to a second plant. It was building in Mexico. He ultimately scrubbed the facility, but uh, will shift for, uh, production of the Focus models to China instead. You're starting to see the foundation of Ford's bet on autonomous vehicles, said Jim Farley, the president of Global Markets for Ford. The automaker is just one of the many working on autonomous vehicle technologies. But a year ago, Ford said it would shift focus to fully driverless vehicles. I don't know. I'm still not all that wild about fully driverless vehicles. Let's go up to New Hampshire. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, I've called your show numerous times, and I'm quite an avid listener as well. Uh, they seen a uh, program, the, uh, not a program, but a commercial about uh, that uh, there was a Dukes of Hazard car there, that uh, the General Lee car. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many they made because on account of whenever they use it in that series that they had for the Dukes of Hazard, how many suspensions they went through with that. A lot. It was quite a quite a uh, quite a thing they had on. Uh, on it, you know, it's like yeah. that, 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 the other channel. They have the uh, Misfits Garage, and they have oh uh, yeah, yep, yep. The uh, we've been up to the yep. place in Las Vegas where he uh, where he uh, takes the old cars, and I don't like what he does. I like to leave them all original, to be honest. Yeah, with you. yeah. The General Lee cars. Um, my sister lives in Georgia, and her when she first moved down there, uh, they lived somewhere near where. Um, 
they were filming some of those episodes, and they literally had a a field full of those cars. He's, my I remember her then husband uh, said to me once there was like thirty or forty of those cars, all painted orange. You know, parts missing off of them because you're right. Every time they jumped them over a jump, you know, the fenders fell off of them or the wheels fell off of them or there was all kinds of damage. So to, to say that I think it was um, one of the one of the uh, stars in that, Tom Wopat or the other guy, just recently auctioned off his own personal one. Uh, but it's interesting that, uh, you know, how times have changed. I think the uh, Confederate flag is missing off the top of it. Oh, right, exactly. They yeah. used to have it, what, on the hood, the roof, and the uh, trunk, right? I think, I, I think it was at least on the roof, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Since, you know, people since find that, con- uh, that Confederate flag offensive. I didn't. If, we didn't, if the North didn't win the Civil War, though, that would have been our flag. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> you can look you at know. it that way. Yeah, yeah. we didn't win the war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I know it. It stands for a lot of, you know, it stands for a lot of good and a lot of bad. But, uh, right, you know, but you know, one thing, one thing I like about this program is, you know, we don't talk about politics. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Then yeah. the uh, the Batman, the Batmobile. What was that? A '66 Continental. It was. It was actually. It was actually. I think it was a little bit older than that. I think it was a Ford Futura concept car or something like that. It was a. It was a concept car that that. Uh, that Ford built, and that's what they used for that original uh, Batmobile. And since then, there's been a bunch of them. I was down in uh, I have a I have a little tiny cottage down in Cape Cod, and the town of Dennis has a parade, a car parade. And sure enough, the first car in the parade was a Batmobile. So I don't know how many of those are out floating around. Oh wow! Wow, that'd yeah. be that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, didn't, I, I didn't see I didn't see the afterburner go off though. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, as soon as it starts up, yeah. yeah <laughs> that so. was quite a series back in the day. Yeah, that you was know, all it, the time it, frame they had uh, the Adams family, the Munsters. And you can't forget the Green Hornet. Oh, right. The Green Hornet as well. And also, there was a car after that name, too. The Hornet. Well, no, the Hornet, yep. I was, yeah. I was going yeah. to say, what, you know, what, you know, not. Not a trivia question, but a trivia question. You know, what What was the Green Hornet? What was the name of the Green Hornet's car? What was the name of the Green Hornet's car? Yeah, yeah, Black, yeah. Black Beauty. But that's right. Black Beauty, that's right, yeah. 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 It's amazing, like, all these cars, and a car passed me the other day on 93, and it reminded me of that movie. As soon as I heard the throttle on the car, I looked to my left. Here's a, here's a, um, a fat, well, they made, well, the old cars, a 68 Mustang that, uh, the Shelby, I believe it was. I know it wasn't the Mach 1, because the Mach 1 came out, I think, in 71. Yeah. And uh, I heard that. I looked, and I said, oh, that's the same noise, that the same exhaust out of that movie, w- Bullet, with Steve McQueen. Yeah, well, that you know, some, some, of, that, some of that exhaust yeah. was, yeah, if there, there's some website, and I don't remember what it is, maybe maybe Dennis knows, because he's, he's a, a movie guy, but there's a website where you can go to actually look at mistakes in movies, and you can really? see that, yeah. And you can see things like um, the um, the car that was chasing them. At one scene, the hubcaps are on. One scene, the hubcaps off. The scene later, the hubcaps are back on again. You oh, know, that's something to check into. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a, you know, there's, <laughs> the a mistakes, dented, huh? yeah. there's a dented fender. There isn't a dented fender. And and for some reason, the geeky part of me looks at that a lot. Like I'll be looking at you know one of those you know one of those shows on velocity. It might it might show you know the car running through. Uh, you know, a mud puddle or something, and next thing you know, it's dirty, next thing you know, it's clean, and then it's dirty again. So there's a little, you know, some continuity issues sometimes when they piece all those, that footage together. So, 
You have intrigued was that me. the same uh, year uh, uh, Dodge Charger? This, what, was that, what was that, a 68 Charger in that yeah, movie, six, Bullet? Yeah, 68 Charger, yeah. 68, that was a 68, that, that, what was that, a 68 Ford Shelby? Uh, yeah, 68, 69, something like that, yeah, right around there. It was there. a Shelby, right? Yeah, uh, it was, yeah. well, it was It was not a Shelby, it was a it it was a GT, but it was modified for the movie. And since then, they you know in the in the past you know bunch of years, they actually came out with a with a bullet version of a Mustang, and it was a little bit lower to the ground. It was the same color green. It had a few chrome accents on it that were in that were kind of popular at that time. So you could buy, and this might have been early two thousands, mid two thousands. You could buy a, you could buy kind of a a, late, a new version of the uh, of the Mustang Bullet, which you know it's which is what manufacturers do. They take their they take their popular cars and they freshen them up a little bit and try to bring them back a little bit. I remember Chrysler did that. I think with uh, might have been the PT Cruiser. They came out with like eight variations of it, and all it really was they named them after things. You know, there was the the Dream Cruise version and some other color version and something. It was all basically the same car, and you know, Ford kind of did that with the Mustang a little bit too. So, um, yeah, they so did that up as nice well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was nice talking to you, John. All right, all right. Take Merry care. Merry Christmas now. and uh, enjoy your show as always every Saturday. Thank you very much. Take Bye-bye. care. Happy uh, Merry yeah. Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you too. Take care. Hopefully, Thank you, John. Not, Thank you. Yeah, hopefully not. Happy New Year. Well, I guess always Happy New Year, but uh, not quite. You know, we don't want to rush the season too far. Uh, you know, our first little bit of snow we're getting, so maybe it is starting to feel a little like Christmas outside with for people, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. And you've tr- uh, you've intrigued me. I have to find that website now. Oh, the uh, yeah, I I don't remember the name of it, but there is yeah, it's a website, and all it does is uh it looks at it looks at mistakes and things and and even to the point where um you know it may show somebody with a handheld camera and they walk in front of a mirror and in the movie you don't really notice it and you don't really notice but you see the uh you see the camera guy all of a sudden if you watch it real slow you see the camera guy walk in front of the mirror and of course you know it's always one of those scenes that you know supposed to take place in like 1892 or something so let's go over to kingston good morning you're on the car doctor program Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. So I had a little experience this past week. I was losing some antifreeze. Okay. So I said, I says to my mechanic, so do I bring my pepper shaker down there, put some pepper in there to stop the leak? And did he know what you were talking about? <laughs> he kind of looked at me kind of stupidly and it's like, what's wrong with this old guy? <laughs> and it's a plastic radiator, as you know, with aluminum yep. fins. Mm-hmm. And it's like wow, you know how they make them nowadays. Yeah, and my I, sister you, was kind of surprised how how much plastic is in on the vehicles nowadays. Yeah, it's one of those things that um, you know years ago, and you know radiator shops now all they really do is sell you a new radiator, unless yeah. it's a truck, unless it's a truck. But years ago, uh, a radiator would get clogged up. They would they would unsolder all all of the all of the tubes from the end tanks pull it out all apart pull the core apart clean the whole core out dip it in acid clean the whole core out and then piece it all back together and then solder it all back together again and you would have essentially what was a brand new radiator then they started making the radiators thinner and thinner and there wasn't enough real material left to really solder that to well. solder it and right then, yeah and then they used aluminum cores and plastic tanks and they sort of epoxy your something magic glue them all together and that's mm-hmm. what becomes a radiator and yeah uh, the you know you would think based on 
aluminum and plastic, you would never have to buy another radiator, but that is not the case. No. In fact, when I was talking to the mechanic, he says he's even had cars, like a, a, the last one he did was a 2014 Jeep on his third radiator, and it only had 34,000 miles on it. He couldn't understand why. but Yeah. I wonder if it's somebody who drives it off-road. Maybe, yeah, that's a good point. it around a little bit. But there was some, there was some problems uh, years back with um, internal corrosion. And we've talked about this before, that your cooling system, if you don't take care of the, um, if you don't take care of the, the antifreeze often enough, it actually turns electrical. You can actually take a voltmeter and stick one, one end of the probe in the... I remember that, yes. Yeah, you can make electricity out of it. And that can chew up... Um, that can chew up aluminum pretty quickly. And Ford actually came out, even on the cars they would take care of, Ford actually came out with a grounding strap because people were going through uh, heater cores awfully quick. And they finally found out it was because the heater core was actually starting to uh, starting to just uh, dissolve because of electrical current. So they basically grounded the electric, grounded the cooling system, which I thought was kind of funny. Yes, definitely. You know, the funny thing is now we're talking about plastic, and I says, tell my sister when mom and dad was coming from Florida back to Massachusetts, they had uh, a ninety, I think it was ninety six Lincoln Town Car, and the engine kind of went kaputs. Brought it over to the dealership was the intake manifold, mm-hmm. and that's made of plastic also. Yeah, no, so, it, so it's, much plastic. Yeah. There is so much, and it sounds, again, it sounds like a good idea until they realize over time, you know, heating and cooling, heating and cooling, and then all of a sudden you have a problem with, you know, the the plastic shrinks and expands, and all of a sudden it doesn't seal right. Yeah, GM had problems with manifolds on a lot of their cars that they would start to leak. It was, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, what, what was, uh, what was it, the graduate where they said invest in plastics? Yeah, that, yeah, right. Was that, the, was that the advice? Yeah, yeah. You know, some, some, sometime you, you know, you, you want to see, uh, you know, you want to see them made out of something. I, you know, I, I, you know, everybody turns into their parents, and uh, I remember when I was a kid, my father saying, looking at stuff, going, you know, they don't build stuff the way they used to, and that was, you know, fifty years ago or more. And I kind of look at it now and go, you know, they just don't build stuff the way they used to. So, so I guess the idea. Yeah. Remember the. Uh, the uh, container used to put your spare key in. Yep. It had a magnet on it. And you stick yeah, good it to luck. This. Yeah, good luck trying to find a place to put the magnet. Yeah, yeah I, not I, even a frame anymore on most cars. Yeah, and I kind of, and I'm a little bit afraid of those. Um, it's one thing if you had a valet key that, you know, just a plain key that didn't have any technology inside of it. So you could get right. yourself in if you locked your, but I, I, I think I'd be afraid to, uh, to stick a, uh, you know, $500 key under the, uh, you know, under my car somewhere, so. Uh, crazy how it is nowadays yeah, yeah it it's uh, it's one of those things that you look at you look at those kind of issues and problems and um you know i i for the longest time had a key um you know i took some of that like aluminum roofing tape and you know actually taped it to the radiator support or something on my car and it was there for so long when i finally needed it i forgot where i put it <laughs> I, I still because i have older cars I still have the key underneath, and I had to do it uh, like a coat hanger. Yep. Just so it doesn't fall out. You yep. know, it, no. it's lashing wire, I call it, and just lash it to something, you know, with a little hole in there and put it in a plastic bag and tape it up, you know, all that good stuff, so yep. that if I did have to use it, 
it's going to take a little bit of work to get at it, and this way I'll say, okay, don't yeah. do that again. You know, yeah, I know. Those things. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes. the good news—the good news is our buddy Paul from Somerville uh, said uh, he was watching Facebook and he said, "Looking good. Can't believe they gave you a senior discount." So at Dunkin' Donuts, so you know, so at least. But didn't they change know. it from ten percent down to five? No, it was ten percent this morning. So it's still. Yeah, yeah. So at least the, at least the Dunkin' Donuts in uh, wherever it was, Holbrook or something. So. Yeah, uh, I think you know, all the Dunkin' I, Donuts. I, yeah, I felt good. I felt good and bad. I got the discount. I just don't like the idea when you don't even ask anymore and they give it to you. Yeah, well, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe this whole move of the flower thing is all in the cards for me. Maybe that's what it really Uh-oh. is. Uh-oh. No, I don't think so. Yeah. All right. You know, the funny you talk about the Batmobile. I thought that was uh, Oldsmobile for some reason. But that's Not, easy enough to find out. No, yeah, no. The, the original one, I think it was a Ford Futura concept car. Yeah, so it was a nice car. So. Yeah, I always yeah. like that General Lee, like you were saying. Of course, yeah. I was kind of partial to the Chrysler products, oh, you know, the GTXs and the Dodge Chargers and yeah. Yeah, I, I remember a friend, a friend of my wife's, and I'm, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it might have been a Dodge Polara, and he bought the car from his grandmother, and, and it was probably an early '60s car, and. He opened up the hood, and it was a 440 with dual four-barrel carburetors on it. Whoa! And it, and it was his 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 grandmother when she bought it at the dealership in '62 or three or whatever it was. That's what they sold her because she said, "Well, I want a car that's not going to be, you know, I want I want something with a little bit of power." And they sold her this thing. Amazing. She never she she never realized it was a hot rod that it really was. So. <laughs> Is that what she told the officer? Yeah, yeah. Well, that may be what her grandson told the officer. But exactly, yes. It's my grandmother's car. I didn't know it was that fast. Exactly. Well, listen, have a great uh, week. Be careful out there. Oh, you too, Looking Tom. Take to seeing care. you on Facebook. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye-bye now. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We have to take a break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Austin. problems on this Saturday morning. Uh, hey, Dennis, we have a new program starting on our sister station called Crosscheck. What do they got going on this week? Well, um, today, the uh, WRL sister stations are launching a new weekly show called Crosscheck, Substance Abuse Radio, as you mentioned. Kevin Stevens is a three-time NHL All-Star and a three-time Stanley Cup winner and is proud to launch a new radio program. Crosscheck is a one-hour weekly show that is dedicated to discussing the vast issues Surrounding substance abuse, the premise behind the show is to help end the stigmata behind the substance abuse and, and to help make people feel more comfortable about discussing this difficult, this difficult topic. Today, Crosscheck uh, Substance Abuse Radio will have on the air a uh, program as a guest, um, 
Mark Recchi, the NHL great and Hall of Famer. Mark is currently an assistant coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins and played 22 years in the National Hockey in the NHL National Hockey League. With three Stanley Cups under his belt, Mark Recchi was the oldest player ever to score in the Stanley Cup Final Series with the Bruins, by the way. Mark is a 30-year friend of Kevin Stevens and will share his experience and insight as a teammate and friend watching Kevin struggle through these years of addiction. Now, Kevin Stevens is a local man. He played with Pittsburgh uh, for a long time. Um, he won uh, several Stanley Cups with Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager and Mark Bavaro. No, Mark Bavaro was a tight end. Sorry about that. That was the NHL. I can't remember <laughs> the goalie's name for Pittsburgh back in the 90s, but they crushed my heart many times with against the Bruins of the 90s who should have won at least one Stanley Cup in that time frame, but the Pittsburgh Penguins were always in their way. And so um, so the guy who's on today, um, he played for, played for the Bruins and uh, – he played the Stanley Stanley Cup Stanley Cup playoff, huh? Yeah, he, he, he in 2011 he was on the Stanley Cup winning team there, which was great. Um, he also played for Pittsburgh again in the, I believe in that time frame too with Mario, and he stood in the way of the Bruins a couple times. But he's a Mark Recchi's a great player. I'm not aware that he had substance abuse at all, um, mm-hmm. but I could be mistaken there. But I know Kevin uh, Stevens had um, many issues, um, especially after he essentially broke his face playing hockey. Um, and I think that's when he, his substance abuse really kicked in because the um, the pain meds that they gave him. Yeah, no, and that's uh, you know you hear about that all the time. In fact, I was even talking to a college kid who said uh, you know to, to play football, and this kid happened to be a wrestler, and he said, uh, "Oh yeah, you know you, you hurt yourself, and pretty easy to pretty easy to you know get something, and then." keep getting it because it makes you feel better and you know makes the pain go away and next thing you know you're you're addicted to it and i thought i was kind of hoping uh you know college kids and especially sports college kids were smarter than that but apparently not no and that's i I mean i I don't know how much you want to get in on this but i I just want to say that um drug addiction isn't always a choice um right you get you get prescribed these this medicine and you um take it according to what the doctor says and then and I'm not blaming the doctors or uh, the medical staff, like the medical community at all, except the pharmaceuticals know how addictive this stuff is, and they should probably put a little bit more warnings on it and, tell, and educate the doctors more. I mean, do- more yeah. and more doctors are educated on it now, and they're prescribing it less and less. But uh, it takes three days for uh, your brain to get addicted to opioids. So if you're on a pain med and you're doing it because you have to, because you got a surgery or mm. you broke a bone, it takes you're on the medicine for more than three days. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a tough thing, and, you know, good good for these guys to put the show together called Crosscheck and to bring awareness to it because it is such a problem uh, throughout, you know, Commonwealth of Massachusetts and around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's let's stop talking about that and let's go yeah. back to talking about cars. Let's talk to, I believe, David. David, is that you? It is. Good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, questions. You mentioned this thing, and I've been kicking around for a long time on this Takata. Why don't they differentiate exactly what the hell is the difference between uh, the ones? What happened in the 1990s? You don't hear any of the cars of that era, or at least they're not recalling them. What, what's the, what is the differentiation? Is it the inflator uh, material? Do you know? I know the I know the inflators that Takata used had sodium azide in them, and that combined with some moisture essentially turned into a very corrosive material. And it's my understanding that some other manufacturers did not use that 
same material because they were able to, you know, you remember the first airbags. They were they were gigantic. You know, they you, you right. took up Back the whole in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. in the seventies, the woman in the eighties and nineties, she had a twenty-year-old yeah. car, didn't even yeah. know she had it until it saved her life. Right. I'll and, never and forget that, that story. Yeah, and that's I think that's part of it. And so they needed a they needed a material that would inflate quicker and faster and more powerfully and that's what this essentially explosive does but as it right. as it got moist and it old, degenerates it, it, it yeah, uh, yeah. degrades rather yeah right degrades. right which caused that problem and it's interesting that you know our our two cars in our household you know one's an old you know one's an old hyundai and one's a newer volkswagen and neither of yes. them seem to be affected by that but you know you know i'm looking out in the parking lot here at auto toys and there's two honda crvs and they probably both at some point had the airbags recalled so it's interesting yeah. it's interesting that you look at you know you look at all of these but i know i i got a call from somebody or an email from somebody and they live in Palm Beach in the wintertime and Chatham in the summertime. Sounds like a tough <laughs> They got but, both uh, ends of the moisture, but, right? Yeah, but they but that's what they said. And they said, you know, I live where my car sits um, yeah. for 12 months of the year. It's hot and humid. And the manufacturer says, uh, it could be six or eight months before I get an airbag. That's so, amazing, really. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, so, so what do you do? Well, I got a daughter with an older car there, you know, a Nissan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had these Toyotas back from the uh, 90s. Speaking of different things on these cars, your, your radiators and everything. I've had eight of them for my different girls and yeah. their children over the years. I think I've replaced one or two radiators of those eight vehicles. They were in the mode of uh, creating good quality components, which is what an automobile is made up as a bunch of components. That's you, right. If you fire them out, that's why they, all the people had trouble with the uh, the frames, the frame on um, on the Toyota. What yeah. is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As well as all the rest of the manufacturers. They, they shipped it to China. They shipped their specs to China, said, build us the frames or send them back yeah. to us in Willowstone. And then their lousy steel that we're shipping back to them, all the yep. you know crappy yeah, steel that we have. Yeah, you know? it kind of, it kind of killed me too because the Toyotas where the beds would rot out, the cabs were made in the cabs were made in Japan and the beds were made in the United States. It killed me. Really? It killed me to know really? that. Yeah, it killed me to know that the beds were made here, and Isn't they were the ones that rusted out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I bought all these wagons over the years. It was yep. a, I still have them. I still have yeah. two of them. No, they're great. They're and, great and they're the great, the best car I've ever had. Well, I've had the, I've had the mm-hmm. town cars, the full size wagons, you know, Mercs, yep. and then a yep. Ford. Even there, you know, it just it just amazes me that they they ought to be more specific on why you should uh, why why the differentiation in nineteen well, roughly about the year two thousand it yep. seems to be for most yep. of the vehicles they must have as you say had a change in this inflator yep. material yeah that's all and, that's all I can think of yeah yeah so what do you do about getting them changed in that era yeah, realistically well, uh, you know I don't tr- I don't trust the people saying hey, wow uh, this is the one that you're you're in the group there or something yeah well you know, I'm not I'm not even sure that when they replace them they're replacing them with anything different uh, really just yeah they're just figuring that it's going to take 12 years before they go bad again <laughs> 
a way to be on something yeah. that's so critical right in your face, yeah. if you know what I'm trying to say, well, you know? And, 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 and that's one of the, you know, some of it is, some of it is just that. I remember, uh, you know, years ago, Volkswagen Audi had uh, ignition coil recalls, and they were all either, they were either going bad or they were literally catching on fire. And the replacement ignition coil was exactly the same ignition coil, and they were replacing it. Just hoping that you know by the time it would by the time it would fade, the car yeah, would be the, gone. Yeah, yeah, the engine would be worn out. So yeah, or the engine would have the fire and be burned out. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly, That's That's exactly. So why do you try, Why would anybody trust any of these people? Look at the uh, Volkswagen there. Uh, yep. With their little routine, you know, I wouldn't touch these things anymore, well, you know. And well, I, I I was just reading about, and I have the I have the story here somewhere about the guy from Volkswagen. The, he's the former general manager. Oliver Schmidt pled guilty to part of Dieselgate. Now he's uh, going to jail for seven years. And yeah. his his cap his picture, and I'll hold it up to. I'll hold it up to Facebook. His picture looks like his picture looks like as scary a looking guy as you know. When you when you look at a mugshot, you go, "That's that's a guy. That's a guy who's going to be. That's that's a dangerous looking guy." You're inter- very interesting. I just to give you one quickie. Uh, one of the only or few pictures of Adolf Hitler with a smile on his face is when uh, Ferdinand uh, Porsche there was introducing the car in 19... People look it up on the Internet in 1935 or 36, uh, mm-hmm. and it looks almost identical to what it is today. It's amazing. I never realized how... Rac- it's very accurate to yep. the very first ones up through yep. the 50s and 60s, you know? And there's a big smile on Adolf Hitler's face as he's looking at this little... The people's wagon as it's a yeah. people's car, you know? Yeah, no, and it's, she, uh, you know... Porsche, Porsche built some interesting stuff. Apparently, they couldn't build a tank, though. I, I was I was watching oh. something on the History Channel about tanks, and and every time they tried to build a tank, the engine would blow up. So. Yeah, but no, their secondary tank, their Tiger tank, yeah. at the latter part of the end of the war there in uh, yeah. ninety. Uh, 44 and 45 yeah. that was quite a tank we imitated yeah. it that's what we yeah. always do we find out what they yeah. have better yeah yeah the, the first the first ones though i saw I oh saw no right you're right the footage and and the thing was supposed to go really fast and all it it went about i think a quarter of a mile and then turned into a ball of smoke yeah. <laughs> right right yeah so hey, there's no other way to go after no other way to go after uh, an older car like with Nissan except to no. take take whatever they have for take, information. Take, take, I mean, take I'm willing to have. spend the money to get a new one in there if that's what's yep. necessary just to do it. No, you know, no, it, it's, it's uh, no, no. You gotta you gotta kind of you know you gotta kind of believe what they tell you and put the yeah. you know if it is if it does get replaced you know it's the right thing it's the right part and it's going to do the right thing for you. Yeah, but you know it's so it's such a fatal thing. Do you know how many people were lost on that stupid GM ignition switch? Oh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, but twenty-eight I, you know, people I, were. Yeah, I won't defend anybody on this, but on the other hand, I know some of the some of those people. Yes, their blood alcohol levels were through the roof. Ah. Um, yeah, there was as well. There's, a, there's, as well, there was always, a, in, yeah. there's an, an initiation point of what's going on that's right. uh, caused them to get into something. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. But you know yeah. that old ignition switch has been around since 1928. It was on my oh, very yeah. first car. You know, the, the same essential thing, but they were getting something cheaper in terms of components. Yep. Uh, that's literally and probably the same thing with this here. There's something. There's something different. You know, yeah. Uh, no, inflated right. I won't keep you all day. Yep. All right. Thank you. Have a good right. holiday take, season take yourself. Yep. Same to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Yep. Bye. Merry Christmas to you as well. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We're broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph. I think we still have Rick on the line. Rick, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. 
And what do you got uh, going on? The, well, actually, Porsche, if I remember right, built the Mark V Panther tank, which was an excellent tank, other than it had a bad transmission. And that the transmission wasn't uh, strong enough to uh, oh. put away. At least that's what I know from history of that. But, um, I, don't, I don't know. All, all I know is from my limited experience on the history, watching the History Channel on TV. So I don't know well, much I, more than I, that. I go a little bit more in-depth in that, uh, in that uh, well, I read a lot of stuff. So, but yeah, I could be wrong. Nope. But um, actually, I was going to call you about one thing, but actually it crossed my mind that uh, talking with, you know, would be something better today is uh, just a suggestion for people. That like you or it's people at the station and that that have to work mm-hmm. on days like today that they uh, put a backpack in their uh, car with a couple of blankets, a washcloth, a small towel, um, some you know either you know chunky soup or Cliff bars or stuff like that. So if they have to spend the night at work overnight and that because it's too bad to too dangerous to drive home. They can do it with a fair amount of comfort. Well, and, and, and I don't think tonight's going to be the snowstorm that's going to leave you trapped at work, but it's a good idea to have that kind of bag ready for you anyway. Um, yeah. I always I always believe that, you know, having that emergency kit, you know, kind of the Boy Scouts, you know, <coughs> prepare, for, prepare for the worst and hope for the best sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, even to the point that I always try to remind people, the one thing they really need to keep in their car is um, – is some medication if they're a diabetic or they need heart medication or they need this or that whatever the case is they need to you know keep a small quantity of that in the car just in case because that is going to make that's going to make a real difference uh if you are really stuck somewhere whether you you know stuck stuck at work overnight you know like the people at the radio station you know some of them you know there's people that work you know overnight and maybe the next day you know i think we're going to have you know two to four inches of snow maybe unless it's changing i know the snowflakes out here on Main Street and Randolph are not accumulating. So, no, the, there's a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of snow, you know, just you know, a dusting at the most right now, you know, in my backyard. And that, you know, my son and I are still working outside. I'm taking a break, and uh, you know, getting ready to when it gets worse to move inside. In that, yeah. Can you swing but, up uh, my yeah. house and finish raking my leaves for me? Well, actually, I just finished raking my leaf, so um, you know, I, I, my, my leaf quota has been filled today. <laughs> it has, yeah. It, it's it, it's it's uh, pretty amazing the warm weather we had. Um, I think I, I think I've cleaned up my yard a couple times now, and you know, after all the wind we had the other day, I'm like, where did these leaves? Where do they keep coming from? I know that. I thought the trees were bare. <laughs> I thought so too, but yeah. maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Hey, Rick. Always but, uh, a pleasure. Yep. Have a good one, right. Dan. Bye. All right, you too, Rick. And, you know, Rick makes a lot of good sense about the things you should try to do with your car and um, and some of the things you need to take care of. I just got a, a note from a guy. He says, too bad we can't hear the questions. Well, if I was smart enough to be able to do that, I would I would hook up, I guess, my headphone jack into the microphone input of my iPad. Maybe next time. Next time we'll be able to try something like that. But, uh one of these, one of these days, we'll figure it out. And I only, and I'm not even sure why I brought my iPad. I just stuck it in my, you know. Speaking of backpacks, uh, the when we do when we do a remote broadcast, there's all kinds of different ways to do it. I use the same equipment that I use when I'm essentially when I'm home, which is technically designed for a studio use uh, because the other 
the other equipment is out of my price range. And this one is, um, this was still out of my price range. But I have to hook it up of kind of a different way to be able to do it uh, when, uh, uh, for instance, our, our buddies on the uh, Irish program, when they go out, whether it's Johnny Costello or, or, or Bill or, or anybody goes out, they actually have a, a small handheld unit that, that works pretty neat. I have to... Uh, I have to hook a few things together, but I hope it's working out okay. If you want to give us a call, uh, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Dennis, I didn't quite hear you. Do we have another call? No, I was telling you to take a break when we can. Oh, well, as long as you, <laughs> you know, you might as well just tell me to take a break then. You know, okay. just, yeah. Um, why don't we take a break? That sounds like a good idea. When we come back, we are going to talk about the Nissan Rogue. Maybe play a little bit of trivia. And if uh, Dave gets free, we might talk to him about what's on his mind here at Auto Toys in Randolph. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Hey, Dave, you got a few minutes to chat? Yeah, sure. We'll get, the, we'll get the boss over here and let him see what's going on with uh, the latest and greatest here at Auto Toys. I know he's he's a one-man band here today. He's He's got, uh, you know, got everybody working today. Well, it's that time of year. You know, we're here talking, you know, hanging out at Auto Toys. And uh, we'll, do, we'll do the same as always. How long have you been here? We have been here over 30 years. I've been here for over 20, and I've owned the place for about 13 years. You must like it. Yes, it's a great job to do stuff and makes people smile when they leave. And this morning looks like car starter, car starter, car starter. Doing a lot of that. Yeah, we're doing a few car starters, without question. It's that time of year, and with the snow coming and the cold weather this week, it's going to even kick it up another notch. And uh, I stole this from our buddy Paul Sullivan on the Irish Ship Parade. Car starter, a lot cheaper than building a garage. Much less expensive than building a garage, agreed. And what kind of, uh, you, you know, car starters go from sort of a basic sort of $300-ish system to gets pretty extravagant, right? Yeah, most cars these days with the modules that you need with the computers in the car are going to run you around $300. You'll see very low prices, you know, from all over the place. But truth be told, that's roughly what they go for. We do cars starting at 179 like we advertise, but it's the older ones with less uh, computer information in it. Um, and as far as technology and upgrades, oh, yeah, we have units that have 1,000 feet of range. We have half-mile range. We have one-mile range. We have unlimited range through your phone. We have two-way communication so that the remote control will tell you what the car is doing, even if you can't visually see it. So it will tell you whether the car is locked, unlocked, running, uh, if the alarm is going off and somebody's messing with it. All that information is available. Of course, those cost a little bit more money. And I know um – a uh, friend of mine had came here because they wanted to get a remote car starter. They're a big Patriots fan, and they wanted to be able to warm up their car before they were leaving the stadium, and they wanted to make sure it had some range. And that's that's one of the features that people look for, right? 
Absolutely. Um, the half mile units in most vehicles start about 450. Uh, the one mile units start about 599. And then if you're adding in the phone control on the smart start, they call it, most cars are between five and 550. That's for again far cheaper than a garage. And what's the other what's the other hot thing? I noticed two people came in this morning looking at headlights. Yeah, we do a lot of upgrades um, for HID and now more, even more popular are LED headlights. Um, we don't change the brightness as far as high beam, where you see a lot of people running around with their high beams, which are just blinding you. We keep the same angle as your inspection station would set it at. We just make it a little brighter so that whether you're 80 years old or you're 18 years old, you can see better potholes and other people. Yeah, and it, it's, um, you know, as we age, and apparently my Dunkin' Donuts discount told me I got the senior discount this morning, um, but you need twice as much light to see between the time you're 20 and 40, three times as much by the time you're 60, and by the time you're 80, four times as much light to see. So if you're going to go out and drive at night, you need good headlights. No question. And the kits that we install are all DOT-approved. Uh, they're basically the same type of lights that are getting with the brand-new cars, the brand-new, very expensive cars. So we're not putting any modified stuff in that you see people driving in the desert or off-road, which are way illegal, and they shouldn't ever be put in and be driven on a normal road. So just so people are, aren't too concerned about that. So you're not putting in pink and purple headlights? No, we do not do any pink, green, orange, purple, that type of stuff. It's definitely very illegal. We don't do any 50-watt bulbs either, which are far brighter than they should be, again, only off-road use. And how about custom stuff? I, I know, like, um, undercar neon is technically illegal if you use it on the street. But have you, you guys installing any of that kind of stuff? Outside the car, we don't do a lot of that. A few show cars here and there. But most of the time, it's inside the car, like under the dashes, under the seats. People like that just for ambient type stuff and just make the car look cool. And uh, speaking of which, you guys uh, still do a lot of aftermarket upgrades to sound systems. I'm looking at some gigantic woofers. Yeah, we do a lot of custom audio and even uh, navigation and, and radio changes. Most of the audio is pretty stealthy. Uh, we, we don't want to change the car's overall.
country boy, I'm gonna buy you a country boy. I'm gonna buy you a country boy, if you do something for me, you do something for me. Probably a good time to take a break anyway. I'm not sure what happened. I think our inter- we lost our internet connection. So uh, without the internet, uh, things things go bad. So uh, fortunately, fortunately, Dennis called ahead and let us know what was going on um, because, among other things, apparently I lost my phone too. So yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Three missed calls and a voicemail. Yep. So uh, we were probably off the air for about five minutes there, and I'm, I'm sorry for our listeners, but I, I managed to run a commercial spot and play some music. I hope they were entertained. There, there you go. There you go. Well, you, you know, you could always turn the microphone on and you could answer questions and do whatever. So, no. so we lost we we lost Dave for a couple minutes. But bottom line is, if you need auto stereo equipment installed, you need to have remote car starters installed. You're looking for a great holiday gift. Auto Toys and Randolph, great place to come. Uh, the installation is excellent. The people here do a great job. They've been here for a long time. And like I said, I uh, one of the things I liked about it, um, I got here a little bit early. One of the guys who's been here for a bunch of years got here early. And it was um, somebody came in, and the person looked at the sign on the door that said they opened at 8. It was probably 20 of 8. Walked in, waited on her. It was none of that. We'd lock the door. We keep people out till eight o'clock. So, it was um, it was nice to see. And I, phone. I think I Go got ahead. my um, my wife's car auto auto remote start that from there many years ago. It still works. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And it's uh, 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 in between in between the times you were at the station, Marina McKinnon, who was who was producing uh, at the station as well. She also. Um, wanted to upgrade her car stereo in her Toyota Corolla, and she wanted to be able to hook her iPhone up and do it easily. And I know she brought it over here, and she was very pleased with, with everything everything that was put in here. So good stuff. So, 
I got I got I got another Facebook message that said uh, Facebook Live is a great plan B because apparently we never lost Facebook Live, but apparently my laptop disconnected is what must have happened for whatever reason. So don't know why. It's all on the same network, but who knows? Well, if you're out there, if you're one of those people that wants to buy the biggest, baddest truck out there right now, uh, Ford is uh, their latest heavy-duty pickup truck is claiming that that is the biggest truck out there, biggest, strongest, most powerful. The 2018 Ford Super Duty boasts a new 6.7-liter power stroke diesel, putting out 450 horsepower, and it can actually tow 34,000 pounds. Ford is looking to eliminate any doubt which heavy-duty truck lineup with the introduction of 2018 portfolio may be best described as bigger, badder, and better than anything else, courtesy of new power stroke diesel. The new power plant lets Ford Super Duty haul and tow more than its competitors, which is the more common measuring stick for claiming the title of the best. Super Duty customers expect the best for 218, and we're giving our customers even more power and torque from the 6.7-liter Power Stroke diesel, delivering the most horsepower and torque available among all heavy-duty pickups, said Todd Eckert, Ford Truck Group Manager. Plus, our new Ford F450 pickup now includes a 4x2 model, enabling customers to get more done with the segment's best payload and towing ability. Um, What's sort of interesting about it is if you tow the maximum towing ability, you need to have a commercial driver's license. So that even makes it that even makes it more interesting. So best in class, 450 horsepower. Best in class, 935 foot pounds of torque. Best in class, 34,000 pounds of gooseneck towing. So when you have one of those fifth wheel style uh, tow trucks, I mean uh, trailer towing rigs in the back, um, that's actually a 1,500 pound improvement over the uh, old F450. Best in class, 21,000 pound conventional hitch towing, and best in class, 7,630 pound payload towing. Um, the engine's been optimized for power and fuel economy, and uh, it has a increased cylinder head capacity for increased horsepower. The 200, uh, the 2018 Super Duty is brought, uh, according to Dave Sullivan, the uh, product analysis manager at Auto Pacific. He told the Detroit Free Press they brought a bazooka to a knife fight. To take full advantage of the F-450's capability, you'll need a commercial driver's license, according to them. Uh, the update comes with major bragging rights you can haul. The family and a house behind your truck, no other crew cab can do anything like this. So uh, uh, pretty pretty good, I guess, um, you know, if you have, you know, if you want to actually do that. Now, here's something that really bothers me. GM Marketplace will let you order coffee, donuts, and even make reservations while driving. Do we really need to do that? Um, automakers look for new revenue sources, see big opportunity when driverless vehicles come to market. A customer places an order for coffee to go using a new GM Marketplace service. Every morning, millions of American commuters stop for fuel or coffee on the way to work, and the new GM Marketplace designed to make the process even quicker and easier. Now with the, uh, the tap of a button on the vehicle's touchscreen, motorists driving late model GM Motor vehicles will be order, able to order coffee and food from several popular fast food chains, such as Starbucks, located nearby gas station, even make dinner and hotel reservations using the new Priceline service. As part of a push of a, uh, by GM and other automakers to provide in-vehicle features that become major sources of revenue as autonomous and fully driverless vehicles come to market in the near future. And it's not the near future, in my opinion. The average American spends 46 minutes per day on the road driving. Well, not Dennis, because he works at home. Um, 
said uh, the vice president of Global Connection Customer Experience at GM. We have an opportunity to make every trip more productive and give customers time back. GM Marketplace is the first of a series of personalization services that will roll out over the next 12 to 18 months. Initially, about 2 million GM customers will have access to the new service. GM using over-the-air, or OTA as it's called, technology upload um, software into many of its 2017 and 2018 models. By the end of next year, the automaker expects that the feature will be available in about 4 million Buick, Cadillacs, Chevrolet, and GMC vehicles operating in the U.S. GM will use smartphone-like over-the-air updates to add marketplace to many 2017 models to access the marketplace a motorist will simply tap on the icons added on the touchscreen along with more familiar features such as vehicle audio and navigation system. While some of the same features could reduce, uh, could be accessed by smartphone, Marketplace will make the process easier and reduce the likelihood of distracted driving. I don't know. You give somebody the chance to order coffee and other stuff, um, even though they say you can do it just as a uh, simple icon on the dash. I don't know. I see people trying to change radio stations on their radio, and they run into trouble. Uh, Other restaurants like Applebee's, IHOP, TGI Fridays will let motorists make reservations through the marketplace, which is linked to a cloud through the vehicle's built-in 4G LTE Wi-Fi service. ExxonMobil and Shell will use the app and will uh, offer deals to allow GM Marketplace users to make hotel reservations. And Delivery.com will make it possible to access everything from grocery stores to dry cleaners while on the move. I, just, I don't know. This sounds like this sounds like it's already. This sounds like it could be a major problem somehow, and uh, it bothers me a little bit. Uh, numerous manufacturers are suggesting they will add features similar to GM Marketplace or vehicles in the next few years. Such services are expected to become even more popular going into the next decade as industry uh, begins rolling out the first autonomous and fully driverless vehicles. Sure, in that case, yeah, but. While you're driving down the road, I'm not so sure. Automakers as well as ride-sharing services such as Uber and Lyft see in-car connected services as a way to keep travelers happy while also generating uh, connected services. Uh, they, they also think it can generate revenues, which, let's face it, this is what it's all about. It's all about revenue generating. It really, uh, when, when connected cars were first being talked about, uh, and I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy in the world, but I said it's really all about marketing. It's all about. Um, I've always said that whatever can be whatever can be scanned in a car can be transmitted in a car. So if you can scan what the radio is doing, if you can scan how much you weigh in the car, if you can do all kinds of things, you're going to be able to transmit that information. And if somebody has the ability to process that information, they can make a dollar out of it. And that's exactly what is going on. Well, our buddy uh, Paul Corcoran up in Lowell, he says, it started snowing up here. Time to get out your winter driving tips. Uh, well, we, we did that, actually. We, uh, uh, we actually posted a bunch of stuff on the AAA uh, Facebook page this morning. Uh, but winter driving tips, do everything slower. That's the biggest thing. Do everything slower. Easy on the gas, easy on the brake. If there's snow starting to accumulate, um, it's, it's speed and quick decisions or speed and quick movements that actually get you into trouble. It's when you follow too close, and you should, in a normal case, you should leave a certain amount of distance between you and the car in front of you. Uh, the uh, conventional wisdom says three seconds of following distance. So when that car in front of you 
drives by something in three seconds, you should drive by the same object. In snowy weather, you should triple that distance. So you want to keep lots of room because you're going to need that extra space to be able to react and also your car is not going to stop as well as it should. So you need to be prepared for that. So leave plenty of room. Uh, Tomorrow morning when you get up and there's snow on your car, make sure you clean all the snow off your car. Uh, You want to make sure that the car is um, uh, clean of snow. In some states, like Connecticut and Pennsylvania, you can be fine for driving around with snow on your car. Um, Here, the only way that can happen, providing you're not ridiculously stupid about it, is if some of that ice and snow come off your car and cause injury to someone else, you can be responsible for it. But in most cases, that is that is not the case. Um, so you need to, um, but still, for the courtesy of others, you need to be prepared for it. That being said, um, recently, the Massachusetts State Police stopped somebody with a giant Christmas tree hanging off their car, blocking their windshield. And the same thing, if you're driving around and only half your windshield's clean, uh, could you be stopped by the police for driving stupidly? Yes, you could. You absolutely could. We talked about Ford and their heavy-duty truck. Well, Ford is also recalling 200000 2016 Ford F-150s and Explorers due to a problem with the front seats. Ford Motor Company's F-Series pickups may be the best-selling car in America for nearly four decades, but they're creeping up a title the company probably doesn't want, and that's most recall vehicles. Um, The automaker's recalling 202,000 F-150s and Explorers for an issue with the front seat adjuster. So, Captain Keith, if you're listening, the uh, recall affects 2016 Model year trucks with power front seats. A bolt on the front seat adjuster may come loose or fall out, according to the company. If the front cushion is missing the upper left pivot bolt, it could move more in a collision, potentially increasing the chance of danger. Ford officials are not aware of any uh, accidents or injuries associated with it. Ford recalls 1.3 million F-Series trucks early on, but um, in mid-November, the company recalled uh, the trucks. These were involved in... uh, 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 door latch problems. So, and then before that, they recalled some 2015 and 2017 Ford F-150s and Super Duty trucks that had frozen door latches or damaged actuator cables that may prevent the doors from opening or closing. The company added water shields to protect the door latches. Also, uh, it, they it also took a 267 million charge uh, to cover the costs associated with the repairs. So. So there are a few things. I haven't heard anything more about the Ford Explorers and uh, carbon monoxide issues. There was an issue with um, with um, vehicles used by police departments about carbon monoxide issues. Ford said it was a result of adding additional equipment to the car and not sealing up um, not sealing up where the leaks were made after they added equipment. Well, I kind of forgot all about it. The uh, Nissan Rogue that got me here today. It's an interesting mix. The interior is comfortable. The ride can be a bit harsh over pavement brakes, and the handling is actually quite good. This is one of those cases where the optional larger wheels and tires improve handling but degrade the ride. The performance is certainly adequate, uh, but more wheezy than breathtaking. Um, this is the Rogue Sport. The front seats are comfortable, and the heated seats and steering wheel, uh, when combined with the remote start, make a nice touch on the latest cold mornings. I will admit, uh, neither of our family cars have remote start, and when I get one to road test that does have remote start, I'm happy to see it. 
the controls are a mixed bag. Some good, some feel dated, such as the graphics used on the touchscreen and navigation. They look like um, they don't look a lot newer than my Magellan portable nav unit. Um, but some of the stuff, uh, you know, I like the idea it has knobs for temperature control. I like the idea it has knobs for the radio. I, I like the idea that there's um, there's some things that uh, are not left up to just touchscreen control. Uh, this is an SUV that's more for the city. Uh, its actual size, uh, it's very maneuverable. It feels smaller than it really is, so that's kind of nice. Um, again, it's made more to maneuver around Cambridge than it is a Rubicon Trail. In fact, this one happens to be a front-wheel drive version. Overall fit and finish is actually pretty good, with the Rogue Sport having the optional leather interior, giving the small SUV an upscale look and feel. Where the Rogue Sport stands out is with a pretty impressive list of High-tech features such as adaptive cruise control, blind spot monitoring, collision detection with emergency braking, and surround view cameras. So there's cameras sort of all around the vehicle. Nissan was one of the first ones that actually had that sort of surround camera system. Um, And those are not features that are usually found in a small SUV. That being said, the Rogue Sport is a very competitive segment. It's up against some stiff competition such as Honda CR-V, Toyota RAV4, you could even put the Mazda CX-3 in there. Again, very competitive. Um, so uh, it's in a tough crowd. And those in the RAV and the CRV are some true standouts in that in that size and, and performance and holder value well. So, uh, But if you're looking for something a little bit different, uh, pretty good value, a lot of technology in it, the Rogue is certainly worth something to look at. I know our time is tight. But let's see if we can squeeze a trivia question in here just for fun. Really? No. Really? No. Really? No one's going to get this because the only reason I even saw it was I was flipping through uh, TV channels one day, and I came across um, the Bionic Woman. And before we knew Nissan, there was Datsun. What model Datsun did Jamie Summers drive in the Bionic Woman? I think it's a pretty easy question, actually. And if you win, we will give you some sort of prize. But even better than that, we're also going to give you uh, tickets to the Boston Auto Show. So we'll give you some tickets to the Boston Auto Show or and or the RV Show. You can go to one or both, whatever you want to do. So um, all you have to tell me is what kind of car Jamie Summers drove in the Bionic Woman and just let you know it was a Datsun. So... Pretty easy. Pretty easy one. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Paul Corcoran, our buddy up in Lowell, says a Datsun B210. No idea. Well, that wasn't it, just so you know. Thanks, Sporty. Uh, so everybody's going to electric vehicles, hybrid electric vehicles. Even the overhauled Jeep Wrangler in 2020 is going to come with a third powertrain option, and that third powertrain option is going to include electricity uh this is from the la auto show it says water and electricity may not mix but uh jeep head mike manley is betting that mud and electricity can manley offered a surprise during the introduction of the redesigned 2018 jeep wrangler the off-roader will get a plug-in electric variant in 2020 the plug-in would become wrangler's third optional drivetrain along with the standard 285 horsepower 3.0 6-liter V6 and a 270-horsepower uh, turbocharged 
four-cylinder w- will be available next year, and the 260-horsepower 3-liter V6 diesel is due in 2019. The powertrain variant will follow the first major redesign of the brand's uh, capability king since 20, 2006 when it gained an unlimited version with two extra doors that uh, really boosted up its popularity. A number of upgrades um, on the new generation Wrangler are aimed squarely at improving fuel economy and on-road performance seating with uh, standard six, uh, starting with a standard six-speed transmission or an optional eight-speed automatic. So a lot of stuff out there. The eight-speed automatic uh, delivers a nine-speed, 9% improvement in fuel economy over the current Wrangler's five-speed automatic, according to regulatory filings by Fiat Chrysler. Fuel economy ratings have revealed only um, for the four-door Wrangler Unlimited. We'll have to wait and see. But the idea of a plug-in Wrangler is, I think, kind of interesting. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, I'm surprised. What kind of car did Jamie Summers drive in the Bionic Woman? It was, it was a Datsun. And Dave here at Auto Toys knows what it is. <laughs> so, you know, and you can win tickets to the Boston Auto Show, the Boston RV Show, and we'll even throw something else in there just for fun, just so, just for fun, just so you know what it is. So, and, uh, you know, the, the folks here at Auto Toys, they do a great job with installation. Like I said, um, Marita had her car, a little bit of work done to her car when she worked with me, and she came here because she is a big music fan, and she wanted to make sure she could take her iPhone, and and she wanted to make sure that, in fact, she could hook up her iPhone and do it seamlessly and easy in her car. Let's talk to Mike from Bridgewater, see if he see if he's, uh, watches the Antenna TV or whatever it is. Michael. Good morning. Michael. Yes, good what morning, is, John. What is Hi, it? Um, I'm going to try it. How about a 240Z? I think you were absolutely right. I, t- I told you, be, I told you it'd be easy. It'd be easy. Uh, well, we'll put you back. We'll put you back on hold. Uh, uh, Dennis will get your address down, and we'll send you some tickets to the Boston Auto Show, the Boston RV Show, and uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what else is in. We'll, we'll see what else is in my drawer at work that we can send to you. So you get a little bit of everything. So thanks for thanks for listening. And in fact, I think, according to. The clock on my computer, which I'm not trusting ever since we dropped off the air there for a minute. By the way, um, the navigation system in the car that I'm driving has a built-in clock. The clock syncs up to the satellite system, so the clock is always accurate. It lost 30 minutes of time yesterday. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know how that happened. But I believe Paul Sullivan is in the studio. Sully, are you there? Hey, you sound really good. As a matter of fact, I was... uh Telling Dennis when I was driving, and of course I listen to you, so I can um, give you a hard time about something you did, said on the did show. I, did, I, did I sound best when we went off the air for a couple of minutes? Well, I didn't hear that part because my wife was driving and she wanted to hear Christmas music. But before that, um, I said I thought John was on remote today. Sounds like he's in the um, the, the studio, so you're sounding good. Well, that's good. well, that you know we're 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 trying to do the best we can, you know, with uh, with everything here. And this is this is always a good place because it's a nice sized room. It's not echoey. No, it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's like being in a studio. In fact, I may just do my show from here all the time now. <laughs> so, what did you spill coffee on your computer? What happened? No, I don't know. I, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I I looked over and I had a, apparently my computer decided to reboot itself. 
No, I've been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. so, and considering how I'm connected is through a long involved story, but, you know, I have a brick link that's connected with a computer cable to my laptop, which is connected to the Wi-Fi, and, you know, everything relies on another little piece and... I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. You have a lot of listeners. About three of them care about what we're talking about right now. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they do care about. Uh, some of them also care about what's going on next, which is you and the Irish Hit Parade. That's me. Yeah. So and it's and it's the time of year where you get to actually play Christmas music. Yeah, and the Irish are uh, famous um, for Christmas music. You know, we've got a whole bunch of cool Irish songs that. Uh, you know, we have to wait 11 months to play after we finish playing them the uh, the, the previous season. So um, we're ready. I'm ready. You're ready. Yeah. Then I, you know, I, ring, are you listening? You know, it's it's amazing the amount of talent we have with, uh, you know, Dennis plays the guitar. You yep. play the piano and the guitar. Piano? Yep. Guitar, at least. Yep. And, uh, you know, Bobby Brooks is quite the singer. Bobby's you know, actually the only one that, well, I don't know about Dennis. Dennis is good, but I, I, I play well enough to impress uh, the kindergarten crowd. Well, you know, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. You know, they can be tough. Yeah, they, yeah, they can yeah. be. That's true. Hey, that music in the background, I hear the piano guy, which means I have to go. I have to step aside for the very best in Irish music coming up on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, with Paul Sullivan or Professor Paul Sullivan, or as, or as our buddy Johnny Costello would call him, Perfect Paul Sullivan, uh, coming up with the very best in Irish music. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>